it's 2016, everybody, and wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, oh man, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be. Thanks to our sponsors, Squarespace, Squarespace, and Cashfly. Cashfly is providing the bandwidth for everything on the 5x5 network this month. Uh, And they are the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. You can find out more about them at cashfly.com. That's C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com. But we are so grateful to them for that service that gives the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about gaming in its many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis, the guy who, as of this episode, has now been doing this show with me for two years, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello to our wonderful community. Happy New Year. Um, Man, people's, the way our community handled the Telltale game giveaway was incredible. Just reinforces my love for everybody that listens to this show. And then people's reactions to our fave slash game slash definitive best list um, was awesome. Also, and lastly, uh, people really liked my silly Halo pitch at the very, very end of this episode. I have a, um, a a pitch or, or story narrative for a, a Last of Us sequel type thing. It has the vaguest of Last of Us 1 spoilers in it. I don't think it really spoils anything, but if you have played Last of Us 1, it will make more sense to you. But instead of my voice reading it, it will be in the docile tones of Jeff Kanata at the very end. I'm very excited about this. Uh, I dug your Halo pitch, too. So this is, a, this is now a recurring segment, officially a recurring segment. Um, right. Well, we'll see how this one does to see if it's. <laughs> uh, but happy, happy New Year! How was uh, this? Was this your first with the misses? Uh, no. Time is a time one. is a wet vacuum. Yeah, second one with the misses. Uh, but the, yeah, no. This is it's been it's been great. Um, how was yours? Uh, we both made it till midnight. We were watching it's screener season here in L.A. Yeah. Um, I'm SAG. You're SAG. We were my, the wife and I were watching straight out of Compton, mm. which I had not seen and is expertly done. I heard it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, we watched The Big Short recently uh, on the screener, and uh, it is uh, it's good, but but quite uh, depressing. Um, yes. Anyway, this is going to be a very different kind of episode. We don't have a guest. This is our annual. As I said last year at this time, this is our annual. We started DLC two years ago, and on that very first episode, Christian and I uh, just did the show, the two of us. And then last year on our one year anniversary, we did it again. We did it just the two of us, and this is going to be our annual tradition. Christian and I, sans guests, just the two of us, looking back over the year, predicting the year ahead, looking back on our predictions from last year and owning up to the stuff that we got wrong and uh, and patting ourselves on the back for the few things that we got right. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun episode. We're going to look forward into 2016 and get excited for that stuff. But uh, this is sort of our annual you know, anniversary uh, episode, and it's always one of my favorites of the year. So we got a lot to talk about. It's going to be a little different. But I like that we're going to do, uh, you know, story time at the end as well. So that's that's a new little different that we'll add to the mix. Did you listen to last year's show? Because I don't know I how did. fun Start this is, how, as much as this is dragging us both through the coals. I got a couple of really cool things right, but yeah. um, I got a couple of things not right. And uh, 
Oh. You've uh, you as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, we got a lot of stuff wrong. We did we we, we did get a few things right. We're going to step through our predictions from last year. <laughs> That's going to be the first part of the show, and then we're going to talk about all of the games we're excited about uh, for for 2016 that we know about, and then we're going to do what we did last year and stick our foot in our mouth again <laughs> and make bold predictions and crazy predictions. So. Uh. Two categories, bold and crazy. <laughs> so uh, I got I got some fun stuff that I uh, I will I will go out on a limb about. Those sound like Doritos flavors. <laughs> they are actually, and uh, Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so let's uh, let's get right into it. First of all, um, fun year, man. This has been a great year. I think just from the show's perspective, like as an anniversary. Uh, we, you know, looking back on last year, we sort of stopped taking calls. Everybody, the audience told us that they didn't really think that was a huge thing that we needed to continue to do. And technically it was a challenge and it kind of never came off quite as we had hoped it would. So we stopped doing that. The short show changed a little bit, but, uh, I think the show has gotten a lot stronger this year. I think our, <laughs> we had some bumpy audio quality stuff, but we have persevered and I think the show has gotten a lot better sounding. And, uh, I think we have had some of the strongest guests on this show this year that we've ever had. It's been such a great year for guests. Yeah, it's been incredible. Um, and the community uh, rallying around us and the guests, and when we put a call out for guests that they want on the show, we've gotten great suggestions, and those guests have been awesome in jumping in and, and just being incredible on the show. I'm uh, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little scared. 2016, can we top it? 2015 was a good, good year. Well, I tell you what, I, we have listened, you know, we have our subreddit at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. People have been, uh, there's a thread there where people are suggesting uh, guests to have on the show. Everybody that I have reached out to, uh, if they haven't been on the show already, they have expressed interest in being on the show and it's just a scheduling thing. So, so many people that I've reached out to, we haven't gotten to yet, but everybody that I've talked to has expressed the desire to be on the show. So I, I think we're going to have a real strong year again. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get into some of the things we, we talked about last year. So, you know, I think right at the top of the show last year, uh, we, we Hold talked on. about, can I do a quick bumper for this? Yeah. Sure. Jeff and Christian got stuff wrong. Jeff and Christian <laughs> got stuff wrong. Christian got one thing right. And so did Jeff. He loves VR. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. Uh, <laughs> mostly wrong and a few things right, but mostly wrong. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think um, it's the uh, the we talked about what our most anticipated game of the year would be. Uh, I called 2014 the year of Oculus, uh, which you know, 2016. I called 2014 the year of Oculus. I called 2015 the year of Oculus. You'll be right. Uh, I'm pretty eventually I'll be right, Christian. <laughs> eventually I'll be right. Um and I think we were both uh, very very excited for No Man's Sky. Yeah. Uh and I have a quote that I wrote down from you Christian you said, uh, "I definitely think it will make a 2015 release, but come 2016 we won't really talk about it anymore." <laughs> and I said, "Is it going to be a flash in the pan, Christian?" And you said, "Definitely." So, uh well, that's patently wrong. <laughs> uh so do you think that No Man's Sky is still I mean, I think I put out a, a call on Twitter today just saying, hey, what is uh, everybody's most anticipated game of 2016? And a lot of No Man's Skies. A lot of people still saying that's their most anticipated game. So I don't think it's lost any luster that way. 
Yeah, well, I mean, in, in the show description, it was episode 55, Games of 2015, Bold and Crazy Predictions, and in the show notes, it says, we look forward to some of the most anticipated titles slated for 2015, including No Man's Sky and Legend of Zelda for the Wii U. Like, the yeah. first two we name, oops. Um, oops. <laughs> I think, so one of my bold and or crazy predictions, well, just answering your question is a prediction. I think No Man's Sky will meet expectations, which, I, listening to last year's show, I was, you know, I said that it would be good but ultimately a flash in the pan i'm I'll, I'll eat my foot on that i think it's going to meet expectations and i think it's going to be a critical darling i'm not sure if it'll be a commercial darling or not i don't think it'll be minecraft per se but um well, i, I will minecraft no it's true i will stand corrected then i will reverse course i think it i think it'll be a hit what about you yeah i think it's going to be a hit as well um i I'm surprised that people are still as amped for it now. I think that I feel sort of a, a fatigue of anticipation. You know, there's a, there's a, it, it, things crescendo and it's like, oh, yeah, this would be the perfect time for this game to come out. And it was like the original release date, you know, because yeah. they sort of plan the marketing to that. And then when things get delayed, I guess it didn't ever really have an original release date, but we all sort of felt that it was going to be a, you know, a fall game this year. And um, I think that now it's sort of like, OK, well, just put the game out now. Right. Um, and I'm I'm still hopeful that it will. It certainly has the size and scope that is really interesting. But I'm hoping that there will be sort of ongoing, interesting um, things that draw me in and make me continue playing. I don't know about the journey to the center of the universe, but finding things. I, if the things continue to be interesting along the way, finding them will continue to be interesting as well. Well, here's my pitch for No Man's Sky. What you're doing is you're going a journey into the center of the universe where Diamond City is located, and so is your girlfriend who's in the village next door. Mm, now I'm excited. <laughs> now I'm into it. No Man's uh, Witcher it, for Fallout. <laughs> is it, does it have VR? Because then I'm in. Of course it does. And it's okay. actually playable via a MOBA. <laughs> wow, this is my perfect game. And it's made um, by Naughty Dog, so I'm interested too. You did get something very, very right. Uh, you said, um, I think that Wish The Witcher 3 will win more Game of the Year awards in 2015 than any other game. I think that's probably true. It's um, close. Fallout's getting a lot of love. Um, true. But yeah, I, I'll stand by that. Solid 5, yeah. Yeah. But you. Did, but I think that's a pretty solid, uh, solid, solid prediction. And you also said, uh, I still won't play it, which you also got right. Well, I played, I put in a few hours, but yes, I stood by... Uh... And they, they actually went out, you know, they went after people like me. And I think it's a testament to why it was a such a big success is that, you know, maybe to the chagrin of someone like you or some other hardcore um, Witcher players, you know, they streamlined the combat. They gave it more of a narrative pull, I think, than the first Witcher had, which granted I played very little of, but that was even more like you could get lost. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, I, I, I mean, I think they really went after it and they really tried to walk that line between the established Witcher player and, you know, Joe Nebraska, who just loves video games like me. I think, I think though, we have to acknowledge that The Witcher 3 is one of those ones that we saw coming from afar. We all had very high hopes. And I think for the most part, it really lived up to the expectation. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's too rare often that, you know, these big, big games that promise huge uh, you know, Fallout 4 didn't really have that because the time window between when mm -hmm. it was announced and when it was released was so short. But uh, a game like Witcher 3 that we'd all been salivating over for so long, and it was like, you know, this time last year when we're looking at 2016 or 2015 and thinking about what those big games are going to be, this was that big dot on the map for me. And it it really lived up. So I'm, you know, got to give it to those guys. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, you also called the fact that Zelda would miss 2015, and I was completely <laughs> incredulous when you said that. I was like, there's no way Nintendo's going to let that happen. They have nothing else to release. And it turns out they don't. They didn't care that they didn't have anything else to release. Those were my two big swings and hits, and th- those were my Babe Ruth moments. Uh, Zelda missing 2015, and I also predicted that Nintendo would announce new hardware, and I said that they would announce it, but it wouldn't be out. And they wouldn't show it, but they would announce it. Uh, those are home runs, and I'm now done with this show, and I will <laughs> <laughs> I will leave I, perfect. <laughs> I got to give you mad credit for that, man. Did, you said Nintendo announces new he- new uh, hardware this year, and I said, uh, you said, do you think I'm wrong? And I said, I do think you're wrong. <laughs> so I'm I'm on the record, as, and you nailed that. I really thought, man, I just had Nintendo completely pegged incorrectly. I thought they were really going to use Zelda to just completely revitalize the Wii U and try to make that a system to sell in this year and and breathe some life into it. And boy, you had them nailed at cutting and running. Like it seems like they really are just abandoning that hardware and moving on to the next thing. Well I have now registered the domain uh video game consultant expert dot com and you know yeah. I'd go for if you want two accurate predictions and a hundred wrong ones that's <laughs> that's speaking of wrong ones uh i i should have actually pulled audio i could have just played our audio that would have been so much smarter than but whatever we're whatever. here now it doesn't matter um uh, there's a there's a wonderful quote of you saying star wars battlefront is gonna bomb <laughs> i meant the a-wings are gonna run bombing runs mm-hmm. over adats is that yeah. did that not come clear come <laughs> I said that it wasn't going to make the year. It wasn't going to come out in 2015. So we were both wrong about that. But you were like, there's no way to make Jedi's work in a Battlefront game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were partly right. It didn't make your year. Um, You know, Star Wars guru number one, it didn't set your world on fire. So you were kind of maybe right. And I was... I was completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, you you went on to say putting a Star Wars rapper on Battlefront ruins it. <laughs> <laughs> so we are uh, we're pretty awesome. So you know when you finish patting yourself on the back for getting Nintendo right, just remember that. I'm sorry, Christian left. He's no longer <laughs> he's no longer listening. Yeah, I said that um, the game that was most likely to get stale quickly this year was going to be Evolve. Yeah. I think it's pretty pretty accurate, and and it, and that excuse me, it's hard to um, it's hard to remember that now. But at that time last year, you know, in early January, people were crazy for Evolve. I remember in the chat room of that episode, people's most anticipated game for 2015 was Evolve. Mm-hmm. So people were really get excited about that, and it just has made no impact, in my opinion. Evolve is the video game equivalent of Snakes on a Plane. In the sense that it had tons of buzz, everybody that saw it at a convention, it demoed really well, it screened really well with a bunch of like-minded geeks for Snake on the Plane, like its Comic-Con screening was, got tons of buzz, Evolve got tons of buzz at every convention it was at, it showed really well, it advertised well, and people were really excited about this game, and I feel like it got out of the gates, and right before, right before it perfected a mark for marketing, just like perfect approach, it shot itself in the foot with all this DLC garbage, um, yeah. and like pricing errors and mistakes and then just came out very thin and the community just poof, vanished, vanished. Yeah. It's a shame because it's a, a really great studio that now hopefully they get another shot, but you never know. Right. Um, we talked a lot about the order in that episode and we were excited about the order. At least I was, um, 
that's another game that it doesn't even seem like it came out last year. It seems like it came out even earlier because it faded from memory so fast. But it's a game I stand by that I really enjoyed playing through, and it still is very beautiful. Um, so, you know, interesting that that perspective, how quickly a year goes by and those things fall out of our mind. Potential game or early front runner for a hypothetical game of the year to $10 on sale. Yeah. That's crazy. kind of sad. It's crazy. I think it's worth more than that. I think the game is is really worth playing. If you haven't played The Order and you have a PS4 and you can get it for 10 bucks now, I think it's well worth that. I think you should you could enjoy that game a lot. Um let's get to the what we enumerated in that episode as our bold and crazy <laughs> prediction. So bold prediction first. Your first bold prediction uh, was kind of low-hanging fruit, too easy in my opinion. You said the <laughs> not I didn't even think it qualifies as bold. Uh, you said the PS4 would maintain its sales lead worldwide. It did, so you got that one right, but I think anybody could have predicted that. You didn't? Well, I didn't say it because I thought it was so obvious. You, you poo-pooed me for having it be my story, my very first uh, story of the week on our very first show being sales numbers, and you were like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and this was just that after Xbox like One had a huge Black Friday, and... Uh, that was big. That was a big yeah. prediction. I will stand by it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> My first bold prediction was that uh, Microsoft was going to make two hardware announcements, and one of them was going to be a VR headset. I kind of feel like I got that one. It was yeah. an AR headset, but it was like just like three weeks after I said that they announced the HoloLens. Yeah, and there's rumor that they still have a proper VR headset coming too. So I will. That was a uh, again. Not the boldest of prediction because you have been saying it's the year of VR since you were born. But um. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other the other hardware thing that I predicted that they would do at E3 would be to announce a an, an Xbox One Slim, uh, which did not happen. So I got that wrong. Um, you said uh, you said Spicer. You said that um, the uh, the Oculus is going to be the only VR headset that comes out in 2015. <laughs> And I said, I don't even think the Oculus is going to come out in 2015, which flies in the face of my the year of the Oculus comment. <laughs> but at least I got that right. Yeah, I don't know if that's that's something to be proud of or not. I think, um, you know, I, I stand by that as a, as a prediction. I think that it was a bold prediction that one of them would make it to market in 2015. It wasn't a sane prediction. It was a it was a <laughs> yeah. bold one. Um, my bold prediction about the Oculus was that there was going to be a, a major AAA franchise on Oculus. And I kind of think that Psychonauts counts. No, kinda, you, it was, the announcement of Psychonauts having a dedicated VR game doesn't count as that. No, a game that is, needs crowdfunding to exist because the publisher continually passes on it. That's not a major AAA game. It can't be AAA if they're getting me to pay for it up front. All right. I kind of felt like I could skirt, skirt by on, <laughs> on, the, on that one. I think the bigger... Oh, it's not Oculus. I was going to say... Um, in terms of what AAA means in terms of budget and marketing is the Crytek game for PlayStation VR seems like a traditional AAA game, you know, uh, but not a, not an established franchise per se, but that looks like that big budget. There'll be a movie theater trailer for the game kind of thing. Right. Um, you said you got this one right, Christian. You said uh, the Vita dead in the water. You said it's it's dead. And uh, on October 24th of this year, Sony announced they were not making any more titles for the Vita. So that was that was an accurate prediction. It hurts to be right with that and the the Wii U and Zelda. It hurts to be right. And I think when I said that, if I remember correctly, you said, what's a Vita? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I said in order for it to be dead, it has to have once been alive. Oh, uh, cut, what can, cut me deep. <laughs> what, can, what is dead may never die, as they say in Game of Thrones. Um, 
the uh, the next prediction that I made, I said this was going to be the, the year all about Gears of War at E3. Microsoft was going to be all about Gears of War. They were going to be a big announcement of the, the next game. That happened. It wasn't really all about uh, Gears of War, but uh, I said uh, that the game would be out in 2015. That didn't happen. Uh, but you said, you said no, it's not going to be out in 2015. It'll be out in 2016. There will be a remaster of Gears of War in 2015. So you nailed it. You nailed that one. Shot, 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 shot. Yours was good, though. But again, these are bold predictions where it's, it's fun to be wrong. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, I remember when you said that they would, it would be all about their E3. I was like, that's crazy. And I don't. I mean, I think some families were separated as people weren't able to spend time with their loved ones as they prepared for E3 to get that demo up that they showed. But they got right. an impressive looking, you know, sizzle up and out for E3. And kudos for you for... Uh, Ripping those people from their family so that they could make that. <laughs> that was me. That was me. I was all me. They heard uh, it. Speak- they heard last year's show. Speaking of E3, uh, this one, this is the most, this is the prediction that I think you got that I that upset me the most, and I'm so glad it was wrong. <laughs> you said that E3 was, that, that E3 2015 was going to be lackluster, and that no, nothing people would get excited about would happen at E3. And I scoffed. <laughs> And I think I it proved out to be one of the most exciting E3s. It was the most like jaw dropping with the crazy Final Fantasy VII and Shenmue and all, dude, it was like what, right? Uh, and fi- Fallout Four. This time it was good to be wrong. Um, I was yeah. I was very wrong with that. Your optimism won the day, and this E3 was or last year's E3, 2015's E3 was exciting and bombastic and all the fun ways and. Uh, they were all fantastic. In my head, I pictured all of E3 2015 being like the PC press conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe you were right in a way. <laughs> if you would only, if you were only into PC gaming, uh, and you watched that press conference, uh, yeah, oh, God, the worst. I haven't thought about that since it happened. Remember how excited we both were for it? We were like texting each other at night before it happened, like all giddy. (laughs) No, we waited to record our daily E3 episode of DLC until after the PC press conference. And then like halfway through, we were like, let's just record it. This is stupid. (laughs) Uh, It was so depressing. I I really hope they come back and are much improved this year because it felt, it felt like a heartfelt sort of honest try you know it didn't seem <laughs> cynical and i mean there was a lot of sponsors stuff happening but it, it just felt it felt like they just didn't know what they were doing it, re- it was like the um, college cable access version of an e3 press conference and you're like you did it guys <laughs> sad yeah um i said uh i predicted that there would be a triple a AAA game featuring marvel characters uh announced that didn't happen uh, although we did get that we, just a few weeks ago, we talked about that news story of the canceled THQ game that maybe could have happened if THQ existed still. Um, that first person mm-hmm. Avengers game that they're mm-hmm. working on, I would have liked that. That's exactly what I was thinking about. That kind of game is what I was thinking about when I made that prediction, but that's sadly not happening. It is crazy to think about the dominance of Disney owned properties at the box office without what you'd consider proper AAA style video games to support most if not all of those franchises it's very yeah. atypical of the late 90s yeah i agree if, if in the super nintendo era that would never have happened right you know there would have been a whole bunch of side scrolling platformers based on marvel characters <laughs> yeah Uh-oh. you predicted that microsoft was going to drop their gold subscription fee oh man that would have been nice 
That would have been nice. I just re-upped sixty bucks <laughs> right <laughs> about this time of year. Uh, not, not a little. That was a little um, wishful thinking, perhaps. I also not a bold predicted, but at the top of the show last year, I talked about how PlayStation Now, you know, would be worthwhile, and I would probably subscribe for three months and and keep it going. I did, I did that first month or whatever, and then I I never looked back. What a again, yeah. I still believe in the tech of that kind of like sharing, streaming, whatever, but just has been dead in the water all year. Yeah, you were really bullish on that, um, but it has proven to be kind of underwhelming, I guess. A, di- huh? a different type of bullish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the next two predictions that I made last year, I would like to carry over to this year, please. Um, <laughs> okay. I said there would be a new Rockstar game announced. I think maybe this year that's going to happen. Um, and then I also said there would be a Metroid first-person game announced, hopefully this year. Um, so neither of those happened, but I'm still hopeful well, that maybe that. 2016 ha- is the year for those. Are you going to count? You can count that Metroid uh, 3DS game. It's can not I? third person and it's crappy, but do you want to take credit? No. <laughs> no, I'd rather not. Um, yeah. So then we got to our crazy predictions, Ooh. our, our cr- the off the wall, crazy stuff. Uh, you, uh, you went right out the gate and said Nintendo would stop making hardware. That's so crazy. So this was after you, uh, predicting that yeah. there would be new hardware from Nintendo this year. That's crazy. Yeah. So you were, you contradicted yourself basically to cover your bases. <laughs> well, there's predictions and then there's Gary Busey predictions. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, no one predicted that there'd be a remake of, uh, that movie that they were in that was good with, uh, Keanu Reeves, but they did one, you know? Do you think do you think that there's any chance of this I mean are you feeling like there's any chance this year that Nintendo I mean obviously they're making new hardware so no No right? I think I think they have I think the NX or whatever it is is possibly their Alamo if it doesn't yeah. hit the Alamo for people that weren't raised in Texas and taught to think that one small battle in a insignificant war is the most important thing ever <laughs> was where a group of Texans Hold up in the Alamo, and they didn't give it up until they all got murdered. I thought that was where Pee Wee's bike was stashed. That that too. It is also where a three-hour movie was made that everyone that you're friends with in Texas is an extra in. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think this is it. I, I think if this is a hit, they obviously keep going. But I think if this isn't a hit with the new um, CEO and you know a, a managerial shakeup and shareholders getting maybe curious about what they're going to what they're going to see and if the mobile games are successful i think you could maybe see a, a full transition out after the nx my first crazy prediction is the one i'm most proud of i said there would be a new guitar hero which yeah. i thought was a crazy idea at the time yeah but not only was there a new guitar hero there was a new rock band and a new guitar hero yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would never have predicted that it would be full motion video, but look at that. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, your, uh, your next crazy prediction was that uh, Microsoft was going to make a huge acquisition, like ins- like the level of Insomniac or, uh, you know, to a giant studio they would, they would acquire. I don't think that happened. I don't think anything – I don't even think they acquired – sort of smallish studios this year. Am I forgetting anything? No, they they really did a, a turn, if I'm remembering correctly, just internal and, and focusing on the few studios they have to make games again. And I still think that they're that they're looking for that acquisition. I don't know what it's going to be, but I think, you know, like Rise of the Tomb Raider, the way they kind of announced and bought that exclusivity, maybe didn't pan out the best for them. And I still think they're looking. If someone is available, I think they would like another team that they can run loose on another franchise. I don't know what it will be though. Maybe um I don't yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
But I still yeah. think that's a viable prediction. Well, they certainly have the the cash. So, um, I predicted that uh, Call of Duty, the next the the Call of Duty that would be coming out in 2015, would be set in World War II and would be steampunk. So, got that wrong. Well, spoiler alert: you do go back to World War II for a level. Oh. I'll take it. The game's also story-wise garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your final crazy prediction, though, Christian, I think you're going to – I have to give you credit for getting right. Um, You said that the consensus game of the year would be a phone-tablet game. Now, consensus is a strong word, but I would say that Polygon gave their number one game of the year this year to her story – which I played on a tablet. Also, uh, Jeff Keighley's Game Awards Game of the Year, right? Or it won an award. An award. Yeah, I think Witcher 3 won the... the it major. won Best Story or Best Voice Acting or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the number one game of the year for, for Polygon was basically a tablet game. I mean, you can also play it on Steam and stuff. But I played it on a tablet, and it's very playable on a tablet. Um, so that's that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Well, thank you. It was pure luck. At this point, at, at that point, I was guessing it was you were going to see more things like Hearthstone, or I even, I, I think to some extent, I know there are MOBAs on tablets, but if someone, if Heroes comes to tablet somehow, Heroes of the Storm, like that's no, kind of what I was way. thinking. But I think there's a way to do that on tablet. There's crappy MOBAs on tablet. Someone will crack the yes, code. There definitely is. Um, okay, so that's sort of uh, the end of us sort of raking ourselves, coming coming to terms with what we said uh, last year for this year. Um, and um, I think uh, we did pretty good. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, some hits and some misses. So we'll begin doing that again <laughs> at the end of the show. Well, we'll get to the meat of the show, which is really the exciting stuff, is talking about the games of 2016 that we're excited about. Uh, first of all, though, I need to thank our sponsor, which is Squarespace. You've heard me talk about Squarespace a whole bunch on the show, and that's really mostly because I like Squarespace. I use it. They sponsor the show because they know they got somebody that genuinely uses their product. And why? Because it's easy to make anything online using Squarespace's platform. You can create a website, an online portfolio, a, a store, anything you might need uh, online. Squarespace makes it simple. I recommend it to my friends. I recommend it to my friends' parents. I recommend it to anybody who's like, ah, I need a website, but I don't know HTML. I don't know programming languages. I, I, it's all beyond me. Squarespace makes it easy because you start with a template and then you can just drag and drop whatever you need onto that template. So you can start with something beautiful, but then also make it your own so it doesn't look like every other website online. And the, the tools are really simple to use. They're very intuitive. Uh, lots of really cool drag-and-drop stuff, like like a storefront. You can have a way to sell things right away. It's all built right in. And all the sites are very stable. They don't, they don't have any downtime. It's very, very good. They have great support. It's, it's, a, it's an easy-to-recommend service. And better than that, because you listen to our show, we're going to give you 10% off your first purchase. All you got to do is go to squarespace.com slash DLC and use the promo code Jeff sent me. It's all one word, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E. And then you get 10% off your first order. They know that you heard about it here and uh, that helps us out a lot. So go to squarespace.com slash DLC. Use that promo code Jeff sent me. Check it out. You can try it for free. You don't even have to put a credit card in. You can try out all their services for free. See if you like making a website with that stuff. I bet you will. Squarespace.com slash DLC, promo code Jeff sent me. All right, Christian, let's get uh, right into the meat of it. There's a lot of games coming out this year. Hopefully. 
hopefully, uh, that we know about. Um, a lot of games that were supposed to come out last year, honestly, that pushed into this year. Um, some of, as we joked at the beginning of the episode, some of our most anticipated games of last year, like Zelda, like Uncharted 4, mm. uh, like, uh, what, what are the other ones that we thought were going to no come Man's out? No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky, yeah. Crackdown um, 3, we thought was going to mm-hmm. be 2015. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those games are now slated for 2016, along with a bunch of other stuff that we didn't know about yet. Um, so what what do you think your most anticipated game is at this moment that we know about? So it's easy. It's Uncharted 4. Those games have never let me down. Um, I played Uncharted 1 in one sitting. Um, when I When I first got it, I literally just sat down on the couch and did not get up until I finished it and They've all been amazing, and The Last of Us was amazing, and those are my style of games. The game that I didn't know anything about before this year, but now that is supposed to be this year that I think has potential to be awesome, mm-hmm. um, it it's Firewatch. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I and didn't think soon. that was on your radar. It's soon, too. I'm Dude, excited. I cannot wait for that game. Yeah. That Firewatch is the, is the game where you play a, um, a uh, park ranger, and it sort of has this cartoony art style and you're wandering around the woods and you have this radio and you're talking to your dispatcher on the radio and you're kind of investigating these kids kind of went missing on a camping trip. And evidently things go crazy from there. But it's all in the first person. It just seems like it has such great writing. Um, it, it, it looks unique and interesting and smart. I'm so excited for it. Yeah. What about you? What's your, uh, what's your like revved and ready to go game of 2016? Well, you know, I'm really, really excited about Mirror's Edge Catalyst. I think that game is going to be, um, I, I'm from what I played at E3, I'm really excited about the experience of playing that. It feels like they're doubling down all the things I liked about the first Mirror's Edge and getting rid of a lot of stuff that I didn't like about it. Last also, year you said the same thing about Bar- Batman Arkham Knight. <laughs> I did. I hope it's not the same kind of disappointment for me. Uh, I hope so too. Uh, and the other the other game I think uh, that I'm most intrigued by is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, I think that's the safe pick, if that makes sense. Like established developer going outside their genre, but um, they've made beautiful games before. And this game, every time you see it, it's just like holy crap. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's uh, they're showing actual gameplay already. It, the design of the world seems so intriguing and so fresh and so interesting. I mean, I know that uh, sort of this primal, uh, you know, prehistoric aesthetic is very in vogue right now with the Far Cry and a lot of the other games using that. But this is this cool mashup between future tech and, and primitive stuff. I just think it's got such an interesting look and feel. And I, I hope that the gameplay is as interesting as it looks in the initial videos. And the protagonist, too, is someone I, I talked about it for. Um... Oh, come on, Rise of the Tomb Raider. And it's not because they're both females, but I, I like from what they've seen, it looks like a protagonist that's very confident, but also not godly. And I like that in, I think it was the second uh, trailer, or I guess gameplay video they showed, where she got like knocked around by the big robo-dino. And I, I almost like seeing that a little bit more, like this person is going to win the fight because they're the protagonist and that's what they do, but it's not Kratos. Don't get me wrong, I love right. God of War games, but it's like you watch those trailers and a big hulking thing comes through a door and you're like oh he loses his head in four minutes cool (laughs) right uh yeah i'm super excited about this game so i did a a sort of informal twitter poll before we started recording and i just asked people to name one game that they were most excited about i got hundreds of responses and sort of just scrolling through them uncharted 4 
is, I think, probably the most name-checked game, and with good reason. I'm couldn't be more excited about. It's Uncharted. very real, and you know what you're yeah. getting. You hopefully know what you're getting. Yeah, it feels like. Um, uh, yeah, it feels very a known quantity is a great way to put it, but also what they've shown so far just feels so competent mm-hmm. that those action sequences feel so kinetic and interesting and amazing. And the story beats, um, I heard some stuff about it that I don't know if I'm able to say, yeah, don't say it. I probably shouldn't, but yeah. I really want to. Well, you'll tell um, me afterwards and I'll say I that will. I heard the same stuff and then we'll uh, high five through microphones. <laughs> Uh, the uh, other games that people are name checking quite often are uh, Zelda. Um, so my question to you is: Zelda, Does Zelda make this year? No. You don't think it makes 2016 either? Mm. Well, you, so you're doing it again. You're forcing me into crazy predictions. Yeah, that's what I do. Um. Uh, okay. So yes, and I think the NX comes out this year. And I yeah, think, it, and that's the only reason why Zelda comes out this year is because it's an NX title. Mostly. Yes, I think if the NX slips past this year, I think they hold Zelda for a dual release, a la um, the one they did, Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess, yeah, yeah. Do you think? Do you think it hits? When, okay, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna I rephrase the question here. Uh, new question, counselor. Yeah. When do you think Zelda Wii U launches in 2015? What month? Zelda Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually. I totally agree with you. I oh, think okay. that that I think Zelda Wii U comes out November alongside NX. I what think a NX difference is, a year makes. Yeah, no, I think you're <laughs> right, dude. I think you're right. I, well, because the only time for Zelda to save the Wii U was in 2015, <laughs> and it didn't happen. That's what so I, now it's. That's what I think too. The yeah. only other way it comes out is it. I don't know when. I'm trying to pick a you know june e like e3 time it comes out but then they also it say it's out now for wii u players and we'll be doing an updated version that launches along but once you announce that who buys the wii u version who doesn't just wait till december for the nx well that's the that's the next question is is it a dual release like twilight princess or is it just an nx game so okay again forcing my hand here kanada this would go under i think this will go under bold not even crazy predictions so if I don't have as many at the end of the show, this is why. The NX comes out this year. Zelda's a cross-release. Splatoon is ported. Smash is ported. And Star Fox wow. are ported. And those launch simultaneously with the system. All right. That that would be a pretty solid launch lineup, Oh, I and guess. Mario Maker. And Mario Maker. Like, that's I what, think there's got to like be... a cross-discipline kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think if they really want it to feel fresh and new it's it can't just have like all these three or four games that you have already been playing for a couple years i don't know i agree uh uh i look forward to being wrong about nintendo again (laughs) i hope i'm wrong but i think it's a stopgap for them they put out some of the hands down the period best period software ever made but man it's sparse and ever since the nintendo 64 it just seemed like they burned bridges with third parties and they haven't been able to to recover whether it's an intentional design decision to have an underpower console that has a different control scheme or this that and the other but just the support hasn't been there so it's always been nintendo flying their own flag and i think some of the best games you know of this past year and the same for 2014 were wii u games but it's hard to justify 300 dollars for two games yeah no uh, you're not wrong um Another game I want to talk about that has been name checked a lot by the people that responded on Twitter uh, is the Division. I think it. Wow. I think I'm pretty secure in saying it will come out this year. It better. 
It better, right? It better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it lives up? Do you think um do you think the division has a uh, a destiny like online following? Man, I hope so. I think it's easy to kick Ubisoft um because they make some of the best games that are easy to hate. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, yeah, it does. Like, I I certainly feel that way about the Assassin's Creed franchise. And like Unity was a bad game. Um what was this year's um was it Unity? Uh, no, this year was um, Come on, brain. the um, the the English one. English one, yeah. Man. But I can't remember the name of it. Syndicate. The Syndicate, yeah. And Syndicate was a vastly better game. And they have their fans. Rainbow Six Siege, I saw, made some best of lists. I think it was Game Rant in their top ten um, because they, you know, if you're into that edge of your seat multiplayer, it certainly delivers in spades. But there always seems to be the best way I can describe Ubisoft as a developer is you play. Like there's something wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> it just it doesn't quite work the way you want it to, and it's bold and it's ambitious. Even if it's safely ambitious, they've done some really awesome things over the year. I mean, remember uh, Spy vs. Merc on the old uh, Splinter Cell games was sure. incredible. Yeah. Far Cry's are some of the best games. They're so broad and so big. Um, and we're getting a new one of those this year, which looks I, I certainly on top of my interest list. And they're going not safe with that. They're going a little crazy with Primal. I hope, I really, really hope it delivers, but I, I don't think it's going to. I, I think, uh, I think it's going to be frustrating. Something about it is going to be frustrating. Are you? Where are you? Is this a hype game? Or is this a the first time I saw it? Yeah, the first time I saw the division, I was just so excited i thought the idea of of this persistent online world with such a great visual flair and I, it just looked like something i wanted to get into with my friends and uh the more we've seen it and the less it has evolved since then it just feels like i have the uh-oh feeling now that it's it's going to i worry that it's going to be like destiny for me that it feels very one note and for some people one note is great and they're like let's just keep doing that until i get better stuff mm-hmm. and for me it's like well i would prefer other notes here please <laughs> um so i don't know yeah where's last I, guardian I do have my tracking on your uh twitter reply so that last that's guardian I, almost ahead. nobody has mentioned the last guardian as a most anticipated game that's I, interesting don't you think i almost forgot it myself until i sat and did some googling of like what people think will come out in 2016 because that was a mic drop moment for sony at e3 sure. but um they showed so little, and what they showed, aside from existing, it didn't look great. It looked kind of like a PS3 game. And so, Jeff, is that a game that comes out and continues the tradition of Shadow of the Colossus? And uh, is that oh, something man, that gets I, you excited, or is it going to be a disappointment? So. I'm worried about it. I'm worried there's a reason that it was sort of pseudo-canceled, and they, it only got resurrected because Sony was in the pleasing our audience business rather than they make the best games possible business. Sure. Um, and it worries me a lot. I'm actually going to predict that it's a, not a 2016 game. Oh, wow. You it think it even misses make this year? Yeah. I don't think it makes this year. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not even going to say, I hope it does make this year. I hope it makes whatever year makes it the best game. <laughs> I just want it to be good. I really, really do. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's never. Ugh, I don't know. Um, a bunch of the other responses that I got are are some games that we know very little about, which I think is so interesting. Okay. Uh, the first of those that I want to bring up is uh, Dishonored 2. Do you think that game makes this year? And if so, 
do you think that it lives up to the first, exceeds the first? What's your feeling on Dishonored 2? I think it makes this year, and I, I, I think the only way I think it doesn't exceed the first, if this makes sense to cover my, cover my butt, is with the dual protagonist approach that they're that they're now taking. Is that correct? Where you're the girl or the guy or the guy or the girl? Yeah. Um. And I'm I'm a little concerned they might get overly ambitious and or it becomes no difference between the two and and then that gets people unexcited. It's like a false marketing hype where you know because the first Dishonored, you really could play it any way you wanted to, and yeah, you got a different ending, but um, what an awesome game and what a surprise. So I I, I have faith in that team. And what they've shown so far looks really cool. I think Dishonored 2, I think it's going to be a great game. And I hope I hope it sells well. And I hope they're able to continue the franchise. Because I don't want it to be like a Darksiders or something like that. Where it's like a really cool property and a cool idea. But unfortunately doesn't get enough interest to you know warrant the millions of dollars that are required. What about you? I, I think it's going to be very good. I, I don't think it's going to come out this year. But I think it's going to be very good. Um uh, you know, I think that if if it was a 2016 game, I think last year's E3 would have we would have seen something other than the, what they showed, which was this kind of last minute pre rendered weird thing. Um, but I think that's okay. I think it's it's going to be one of those games that's like April of 2017 or something, or you know, March or February or something like that. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, so what do, I, what do they have this year? What is Bethesda? Is Doom this year? Doom. Yeah, and maybe and who who knows? They have Skyrim? maybe have a couple other things, but. Uh, well, that's one of my bold predictions. You, I think there's, I think Skyrim Rim Remastered is going to be a uh, interesting. I hadn't thought about that as the release this year. And they just Skyrim take, Remastered. They take the fan created HD texture packs off the, off of Steam. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much interesting. And would, all the DLC. Would yeah. you buy that? I think I might. <laughs> I think I might. Uh, if it if it like looked huh. cool, you know, if it looked really cool, I think I might. Um, I wonder, that's so fascinating, because I wonder, you know, if they did that, how much better than Fallout would it look? And then people would be like, wait a minute, why, what engine is that? Or You know what I mean? Because yeah. like the, the high-res mods or patches or mods, I guess they're mods, for PC do make that game look incredible. It's still the same engine, so it gets a little weird in terms of animations. Right. Um, if you haven't, go watch the YouTube videos if you don't have a rig to run it. But um, that's really interesting, Jeff. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, some of the people we actually also posted a um, a thread in yeah. the in the in our subreddit asking people for their uh, predictions, and we'll get to that when we get to our bold predictions. But um, somebody in there, uh, I should find the name, uh, actually predicted that. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, ATO two twenty said uh, Elder Scrolls six is announced and released. Uh-uh, not going to happen. Sorry, but as wonderful as that would be, uh, there's no way that happens. It's the same team that made Fallout 4, and they just finished Fallout 4. So um, there's, uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is a ways off. Well, I'm just glad someone made that prediction, though, so that we could get the Jeff <clears throat> soundbite. <which> was... <laughs> um, so the other, the other sort of biggest game that everybody... I mean, it was Uncharted 4, it was um, Zelda... And really, I think number three for the game that people most name-checked uh, on Twitter is Mass Effect Andromeda. Wow. That's just love for the franchise then because there has been nothing about that game. Well, everybody seems to think it's going to be this year. I think that's crazy talk. Um, I, I don't think it's a – I think it's a 2017 game. 
I do think that Mass Effect Andromeda is going to be the game everyone leaves E3 talking about. Is that based off the Michael Crichton book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's the it's the prequel to Mass Effect Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a drama strain. Got it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think it's going to make a huge splash at E3. I think that's going to really have its coming out party. It's going to be that game that everybody leaves E3 talking about. But I don't think it's going to be released this year. Who who um, is who is Bioware? Who is making that that game? I mean, the Mass Effect games have only been excellent. Aside. Mass Effect 3 ending aside, I know that angered a lot of people, but mm-hmm. they too, you know, I was praising the Uncharted 4 multiplayer beta for it and saying how Naughty Dog is slowly or stealthily becoming a very competent multiplayer studio. You got to say the same thing about BioWare, where the multiplayer in Mass Effect 3, you know, I think some people liked that more than Mass Effect 3, and that's not saying that Mass Effect 3 single player was a bad game. It was, right. and they introduced that whole card perk system kind of thing. You know, before a lot of other games are really doing that. But I just don't know. I don't know who Bioware is. I don't know how compelling that story is. It's kind of like the, you know, next year's Star Wars movie. It's like a one-off. You want episode nine or episode eight. You want yeah. the next thing. And I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be that. What gets you excited about it? Like, what what do they show at E3 that gets you jazzed? What is the next Mass Effect to Jeff Kanata? I mean, you know, you know that I've never been the biggest Mass Effect fan. I have a lot of problems with it. I played through all three of the games and um, enjoyed them. I did not enjoy them, but I have major problems with them. I'm not as effusive about my praise of those games as some people. Some people think that Mass Effect 2 is like one of the greatest games ever made. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that. But um, what, You're more what, a Dragon Age guy very in terms much of so. Bioware. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of that, I mean, I could re- re- rehash that right. a little bit. I, I think people have probably heard me say it on various shows, but I think the the fiction of Dragon Age, the way those systems work is much more interesting in the sense that it, it really gives you shades of gray and you're making more, I think, more interesting choices along the way than in Mass Effect, which is sort of, am I a Paragon or am I a Vanguard? And uh, I think those are the two, right? Bet good and bad. Am I light yeah, or no dark? blue or red? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and really, I think that making them so binary like that is just way less interesting. And I just always pick the thing that gives me the most points in the thing because mm-hmm. I'm trying to get points, you know? Right. Uh, I think that I think the the universe is really compelling, but all of the planets that I visit feel tiny because it's just like one space station on that entire planet. It's like and destiny. It's, Here's yeah, Mars. Exactly. And here's the place you go on Mars, which is a hallway. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and so I think the the scale and scope of Mass Effect, if if, if they really blow that out, and, and I think the look of it is going to be really incredible. I mean, those games have always looked really impressive, and I think mm-hmm. that's going to wow people, and they'll probably show some incredible in-engine cutscene at E3 that is going to be awesome. and Frostbite? And, Maybe. I don't know. I think the Mass Effect engine, maybe it will be Frostbite. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, imagine imagine Shepard looking like Battlefront. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. I'd be excited about that. Yeah, I think it's going to wow a lot of people. And, and people love that series. And, and yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be the game of E3. I just don't think it's going to be a 2017 or a 2016 game. So my game that is like that, that people have been shouting at you at Twitter in terms of like, we know so little about it, but I'm jazzed for it and I hope it's good is Tacoma. Yeah. I it's former um 
Come on, brain. This is what happens when uh, you say something and have to back it up with facts. <laughs> yeah. Um, come on. You have powers in your hands. Bioshock. Former Bioshock. Right. <laughs> That's how my brain works. You have powers in your hands. It's powers in your hands. You got the whole power. <laughs> and you do the thing. Um, <laughs> uh, former Bioshock devs working on it. What they've shown is kind of cool, and what they're saying that they want it to be is cool. And um, that's my that's my Mass Effect Andromeda. Like I know nothing about it, um, but I'm I'm jazzed for the game, and I really hope it's a, a sweet surprise. Is anyone? I'm surprised no one's mentioned The Witness, which isn't my style of oh. game. But when it was shown in 2001, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm really really excited for The Witness. Are you? That is going to be a game that I feel like I'm going to spend a lot of time on. Okay, um, wow. Yeah, it 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 sounds like it's just enormous too with these puzzles and stuff uh, just it just seems so interesting and it it's a throwback to mist and riven and those games that of my youth and i, I think it'll Is be that a really enough cool though experience. it might not be but i i trust jonathan blow like i i mean whatever you think about that guy as a guy like he's he makes really compelling interesting games in my opinion i think braid is still you know one of the most interesting games i've ever played mm-hmm. um and i think the witness will will be that as well um I but, hope so, because it had so much buzz. I mean, they showed it when they unveiled the PS4, right? And I feel like it's only gotten less, people have gotten less excited about it since then. I know Giant Bomb talked about it a little bit at E3, um, but I feel like it's wowed. It hasn't had that buzz, that hype train behind it, and uh, I'm curious to see if it delivers or if it comes out. But I think it well, will. Well, I, I follow him on Twitter, and he he tweets about like the number of puzzles that he's put in the game, and it just sounds staggering. Wow. It's it's crazy. Um, the the game that I'd throw on that pile of not knowing a lot about, but but being very intrigued by, is Recore. Yeah, beautiful art, right? Or concept beautiful art, art or really art interesting uh, reveal at E3, and it's in a fune, so you know it's got the pedigree of a great designer behind it. So I don't know anything about it. We don't even know what what kind of game it is, really. But I want to know more. I'm very excited to know more. Yeah, it 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 had a a really good slash annoying reveal where it got you excited about the game. And also wondering, what the heck <laughs> is that game? But yeah. the dog with the little orb in it looked both, you know, personified or, you know, able to emote in a way that you maybe would care about it. But also like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Um, any other, do you have like Dark Horse? I think the, a big Dark Horse for me that nobody's really talking about much, but I think is going to wow a lot of people is Mafia 3. Interesting. I hope so. That yeah, Mafia 1 and trailer. 2 were very interesting games, I think, ahead of their time in a lot of ways. And so I think that this game looks very ambitious, and uh, I hope it delivers. I'm I'm really intrigued to find out more story-wise about it and sort of gameplay mechanics, too. I'm, I'm fearful it's going to run into a Dead Island 1 problem where that cinematic trailer was so awesome, but then the gameplay that came out around the same time, and it was just like a car going over jumps, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This isn't what the trailer showed. I hope so. Mine for that would be, and this seems weird to say, but is Gears of War 4. While I said, mm-hmm. you know, it had a, a trailer slopped together for E3 and people were excited about it. Tonally, it was different than what people were expecting from Gears. It seemed more horror While it got fans excited, it also got some backlash. And Gears, for me, for whatever reason, is one of those games that I, I, don't, I don't think I'm embarrassed that I love it. But every time a new one comes out, I'm always like, I'm over Gears. Gears 1 was good, but I'm sick of the... And then I play it and I'm like this is the most fun I've had gaming in years. And I, yeah. I'm i optimistic and hopeful that Gears 4 does it. And I do think it's a little bit of a dark horse because it's, you know, new team, first one not made by Epic. Uh, 
on a, on a new console, reinvigorating again a plot that was nicely wrapped up with the first three. I know they did, you know, the prequel, whatever that wasn't well loved. Um, so I think it's got an uphill battle. It, it, this is, well, this is Gears. This is Halo Four for Gears, right? Like right, it's, yeah. it's the fourth one after a very awesome trilogy. So we'll see. I don't think it's going to feel like a dark horse. Uh, when the marketing machine kicks in for it, though, I think it's going to feel an E three is going to be like this is the big game of the year. I think it's going to feel. You mean it, it'll feel like an acoustic version of a Pixies song? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to be. Uh, yeah, I want to be deaf for three days after the E three presentation. Dun, that's for dun, sure. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's you know a bunch of games that we know about. Uh, are there any that you want to bring up that we haven't talked about yet? Um. For me, Crackdown 3, of course, I've been anticipating that for years. Uh, I love the first Crackdown so, so much. I just, just, just jumping around a town collecting orbs is enough for me. I, I just want to do that more. So I'm excited for that. I'm hopeful that my game of the year is like this year, and it's a game I don't know about. Like yeah. Rocket League came in, and you know, I fell in love at first sight, and we got married, and my parents were like, "What you just met?" And I'm like, "Screw you, mom and dad. I'm a grown up." Uh, I, yeah, I just want to really play soccer hopeful. with cars, mom and dad. <laughs> I'm really hopeful that there's more of those because, you know, a lot of these, I feel like the games we know about are often the ones that disappoint us and get delayed. And um, there's a lot of room for these for these darlings to show up. And, I mean, Fall, Fallout 4 was one of those, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm excited about 2016. Like, what's Fallout? I would love for Gears of, uh, Gears of War, for God of War 4 to be this year's fallout for like get announced and come out and be awesome i think there's a, a very legit shot at that happening i think i think we definitely hear about god of war 4 at e3 um and i think there's a i think the success of fallout 4 might influence marketing this year on on a game or two there will be a, a people will try that strategy again to sort of ride that cresting wave into release much quicker hmm. um and I, I certainly hope so. I, th- I thought that as a consumer was much more exciting for me anyway to be like, I'm excited about this thing. I can buy this thing. You know, like that's that's what I want. I don't want to be like, I'm excited about this thing. I can't wait for two years <laughs> when I can buy that thing. You know? Yeah. My safe prediction for my unannounced game that will become my game of the year is a single player Star Wars game. Yeah. I mean, that's it, my it really prediction. does feel like uh, Star Wars is going to kick into gear this gonna year. kick into gear? <laughs> well, I mean, on the video game front, um, because, like, you know, everybody's like, well, let's let's get what those kids are watching. Let's uh, let's put more of those Star Wars in front of those kids. I, I, um, I think I just read that Disney Infinity overtook Skylanders as the it did. highest yeah. grossing. I just bought the Force Awakened playset plus Poe plus, um, what's his name, the bad guy? Uh, Kalo Ren. Yes, thank you. At your seventy-eight dollars, put it over the top. That was <laughs> I. Uh, I have Gamer Club unlocked at Best Buy, so it was like sixty dollars. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet. <laughs> um, anything else you want to talk about? I mean, Final Fantasy fifteen is a big game. Um, we've got weird games like Dreams that we know about coming out. Cuphead, Street Fighter Five. Street Fighter Five. It's gonna be again. 2015, I think, was one of the best years in gaming in the last four years or so, and I'm hopeful that 2016 can be even better. It certainly has the potential to be better. Um, I'm I'm very very excited about this year. And again, another like you know, Tomb Raider one DLC's favorite or game of the year for 2015, and that is a game that neither one of us were pumping the you know tooting the yeah. horn for it January 2015. So. Uh, there's going to be something awesome, and I'm really, really excited for that. 
Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Quantum Break? Do you think that that game lives up to the hype, or do you think that it is disappointing? I say this every time the game comes up, and that studio has yet to disappoint me. And right. yeah, I will true. ride with Remedy one more time. Yeah, I I, I think that's fair. Um, all right, so do you want to move into our bold and crazy predictions, or are there any other games you want to mention as as 2016 crests into view uh i think i'm good to move in i mean we didn't meant do you think how many oh this will be interesting maybe this is a prediction uh how many vr games do you think come out in 2016 vr only i think quite a few um i don't i think there'll probably be um fairly there'll be a, a fair amount of just small stuff you know that's sort of you know uh, more tech demo-y, I guess. But uh, I think there will be a fair amount of big stuff, too. If if these things are launching this year, as they all seem to indicate they are, they're going to have launch libraries. Um, and... Hello, this is Nintendo. Um... <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> I don't know if you've met us, Jeff, but uh, things don't have to launch with things. <laughs> right. But I think, you know, there are these dev kits at least for the oculus have been in the wild for a long time now there's already a bunch of games you can play if you have a dev kit uh i've played a bunch of stuff at at you know events that's in development i i just i think there's going to be a fair amount of of really cool stuff at launch for for all these things and um you know whether or not those are 60 dollar you know experiences that give you eight to 12 hours of game. I don't know uh, how many of those there will be, but I think there will still be plenty of, you know, Oculus has already mentioned a couple of games that are going to be uh, pack-in games. When you buy the, there's that uh, side-scroller uh, platformer game. It's not a side-scroller, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a 3D uh, platformer game. And there's another game. I can't remember what the other game. E- oh, E-Valkyrie. Yep. Yeah, E-Valkyrie is going to be a pack-in game. So, you know, I think there's going to be plenty of other stuff to buy if they're packing in two games. I hope so. Let's move into bold uh, predictions, but I want you now, Jeff, to do the live bumper for our bold predictions. <laughs> bold predictions! That was great. Like that? Yeah, that was really good. I mean, I think someone, like, is deaf right now. Like, someone <laughs> literally just, like, fell over while they were jogging because it's <laughs> a stereo or mono mix. What ear? <laughs> <laughs> Crank it up. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do you want to start or shall I? Uh, I would like you to start. One of my bold predictions is already out. I'll start. One of my bold predictions is already out of the bag. NX okay. is out this year with Zelda Cross release, Splatoon port, Smash port, Star Fox, Mario Maker port. That I've already said, but I will reiterate it now. That is a bold, not crazy prediction. My bold prediction for the NX, since we're on that topic, is that it is an amiibo machine. What does that mean, though? That it, it is a platform. <laughs> it literally makes Amiibo. It's a 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 3D printer. No, that's actually the worst thing they could put out because it, it shortcuts you to buying and stuff. And the only thing that makes them any money. Um, no, it, it, it is. Amiibo is integrated into every aspect of the machine. Like you, it has a platform that comes standard or is just the top of the console. And you place your dude on it. And every game has Amiibo. Uh, functionality and they just sort of double down on it being an amiibo machine i don't know if you, you could hear but i literally hit my mic when you started talking <laughs> my <laughs> head went down and hit my mic <laughs> do you think that's a terrible idea or do you think that's a that would be a brilliant idea uh, i mean both brilliant maybe from nintendo in terms that we myself included are buying these dumb things um 
I may have a pre-order for the Shovel Knight Amiibo at Amazon. Um, <laughs> but also horrible in the sense that how can your machine be based on a thing that people can't get? Yeah. Well, I, I feel like we'll they haven't handled, they haven't figured out manufacturing or releasing of those things. I think it will continue to support Amiibo, but I think calling it an Amiibo machine in that, you know, Amiibo required or every, does every game come bundled with an Amiibo? I, I don't, don't think it's required. I think it's more like it's just, it's just integrated completely into every game has Amiibo, Amiibo functionality. Amiibo is. It's intertwined with what makes this console special. It's not you could play it without ever owning an amiibo. You could play all the games, but hmm. you. I also think I will. I was going to make this a separate bold prediction, but I think there will be an F Zero announced for oh NX, and I think you will be able to put amiibos on the NX and swap in characters to ride in the F Zero cars. I think that's much more Mario Kart than F Zero. Well, uh, yeah, but Mario Kart, like, it's all about the characters. F-Zero, it's about the cars, right? Or about the There's characters ships. behind the car. I mean, everybody knows Captain Falcon true. the best because of Smash. But, right. you know, there's a cheesy TV show that goes along with the single-player campaign of of F-Zero. Um, that's, I'll give that bold. I don't know if that's bold. crazy. I, I, don't, I don't think it's the case. But I think you'll continue to see amiibo optimization or emphasis, but not as strongly as you're predicting. Just because, well, that's such a big investment to keep and to, to hope that a game is successful or that a character or franchise is successful enough to support amiibo. I feel like they run into the problem of having too many or too few of these mm-hmm. amiibo, and I feel like that type of inventory and and Best Buy and GameStop willing to carry that many amiibo would would put a strain on on production and development well there's a bunch of nx related predictions in our uh our reddit thread uh, adam rita posted that uh, nintendo nx will be out by the end of 2016 will be 300 dollars and launch with a mainline mario and metroid this from a guy who just launched his own nintendo podcast nice try <laughs> adam. that's a lot of uh a lot of wishful thinking uh uh, Burzen09 said Nintendo will continue to demonstrate that it's still not ready to regain its dominant spot in the industry and show that the NX console is not aimed at gaming third party support it may take the form of a gimmicky input underpowered hardware or maybe they will find a new way to prevent ports of multi-platform games <laughs> but they will prevent them <laughs> okay guys um, we've got a great platform here that multi-parties are just chomping at the bit to, uh, to develop for um, Jeff you had an idea? Yeah, um, make it. You have to make amiibos for it. Um, could you? You have to. No, no, you, no. But that would that would stop people. That would stop the third party. We, we literally third party companies are beating at our door right now to make games for this system. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, yeah. another idea. Well, um, the the amiibos is pretty much <laughs> what we're sticking with. <laughs> I do love an active discussion on how not to let people do things. <laughs> Um, this is an interesting one from um, Bobo Bing in in the in the uh, forum. He says uh, Nintendo's NX will be a hybrid system with a console and portable handheld sharing the same game library, but each will be sold separately oh. to lower the cost of entry for the consumer. The console will come with a plain controller with no screen, but you can use the portable handheld as a controller when paired with the console. That seems bold. I hope that's not right. It seems like it has a. Uh... Does the handheld have enough processing power to work independently of the home? Is what I don't. It seems that seems bad. I I, don't, I understand how everybody thinks 
well, they have this handheld market and they have the home market. Why not hybrid make them the same? I just feel like, why do you want to destroy the 3DS when it's not doing poorly? I don't know. It just doesn't seem smart. But to I like, me. I mean, yeah, hopefully that was a bold one and not a, I put money on this in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have another, uh, you have another bold prediction for me, Christian? This, this walks the line. I'll, I'll put this as bold and I think it'll be a point of contention between the two of us. Um, I think VR underwhelms this year. The caveat being to that, everybody says, oh, not everybody, sorry. <laughs> That's my own bias. People have said that VR is the new 3D TV. And I don't think they are wrong necessarily. But I think 3D TV isn't a, a flash in the pan the way people want to label it, right? 3D TV came out. Everybody was pushing it. It kind of went away. But VR uses 3D. We found another use for this cool thing that people it was was just lying around we found all this 3d lying around yes we found another use for it yeah exactly yes in a in a (laughs) tech lab where you swap things in and out minority report style they entered 3d in there (laughs) um and i think so i think vr coming out this year and underwhelming isn't the death blow to vr but I, i i do think that after the first one playstation whatever one it is comes out this year I think you will see a, a big pumping of the brakes of other people being like, "Oh, crap!" And I, I, that's my bold prediction. Jeff. I don't even I don't even really know what you're saying there. Like you're saying it it underwhelms what from a sales perspective? I think in all perspectives. I think from a sales perspective, from gamers enjoying the games on it, in terms of like people owning it and using it at all, or you know finding. <laughs> themselves using it frequently i think it comes out and people are kind of like it's because right now i would say that more people are probably on your train just like tooting their horns ready to go to vr land i don't know man i i encounter a lot of of your disciples i i I encounter a lot of people who just really think it's gonna well i went to fiverr.com and for just five dollars i hire (laughs) yeah i outsource people to tweet at you and just pretend that i'm right um well, that might be the case, but I, I do feel like that, you know, I was on the cover of Time, uh, unfortunately or not, the, the depiction it got. Um, right. But I think it's it's still too soon for VR, and I think people, even people that buy it, even you, and you will love it. You will talk about how awesome it is when it comes out and how glad you're out and how it totally delivers, and I have to come over and try it. And I think even you will find it sitting on your shelf, collecting dust most of the time while you play Heroes of the Storm, not in VR. It underwhelms. Across the board, it underwhelms. Um, Mike, uh, Notron number one also agrees with you. He posted, uh, VR will not only fail flat in sales with a high price point, but will also be riddled with bugs and have the highlights of the new gaming systems be a lack of a catalog to justify the pricing. And the other highlight will be nausea caused by the headsets and memes of people wearing the peripheral, shutting themselves out socially from friends and family. So tell me why number one, Stunna and I are wrong. Jeff Kanata. Uh, I I truly believe that the experience itself is so compelling that it will be embraced by people. Now, I don't think that right out of the gate it's going to be this massive mainstream hit. I do think there will probably be a lot of people that make fun of it and it will probably um, not sell in huge numbers right out of the gate. But I think that's okay. One of my favorite things about the fact that Facebook – got into the oculus business is that it doesn't need to be financially soluble 
uh, right away, right? There's there's billions behind this thing, and they're in it for the long play, I think, and and that's okay. Like let let it be something that enthusiasts can can really get some fun out of, and stay around and improve and better software and people realize what to write for it, like what games work and what what systems work and what you know mechanics in the games work best. And it becomes, it, it grows baby steps. And I want to be in on the ground floor of that. I am so excited by the experiences that I've actually had with the hardware already that I'm, I think it's going to be successful from a, I love it perspective and from a it's and from it like it literally delivers an experience that's unlike anything else. Well, and is- I don't think I said I did not say that about I said when when Connect was happening I said man I hope somebody figures out a way to make this thing compelling and I kept coming up with these ideas of well maybe there's a game where I like talk to a character and it talks back or you know I was brainstorming ideas of ways that Connect technology could work like that or the Waggle technology could work like that or even 3D technology could work like that but I didn't I hadn't already seen it at that point. I just thought, well there's potential here. I don't think it's just potential with with VR. I've seen compelling games. I've played things that I was like, I've never experienced anything like this. So So this is where I uh press you a little bit. You say it sells itself on the experience alone or some version of that. What is what is the quote unquote experience? Because I would argue that the experience that you've had is mostly in demos. That aren't what the experience that you'd have at home. You don't have anyone holding the cables for you. You don't have anyone blowing on your legs. You don't have anyone. <laughs> Wait, blowing on my legs? Do you not hear about that? <laughs> no. There's been some. I went to the wrong conference. <laughs> well, I didn't get a leg blow. <laughs> you were at a different conference where you got. What I'm saying is, Jeff, I think the experience that you have at home is very, and especially now with the um, oh gosh, what are the Oculus gloves called? Moves? No, the touch, the yeah, touch. Oculus touch is which delayed. Got, we just heard got delayed, which is a major bummer. But I have used them and they're awesome. So I just wonder, you know, what is that experience of you in your real life home that I've been to using this thing, sitting well, at your? Da- I have not had any It's going to be a completely yet, different home. It's going to be unlike what you've already seen. It's going to be a <laughs> you'll pure be virtual single space. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a purely virtual space. Where, we'll where become I... Aaron's friends, and we have to decide <laughs> in the friendship breakup. <laughs> yeah, you'll. Uh, I just live in my egg pod, and, and yeah. <laughs> but, um, but for real, for real, like what is what is the experience that I think I said Joe from Nebraska earlier that I equated myself with that common gamer with the lowercase g, not hardcore. I'm I'm the best at every game I play. Like, what is that? What's the experience other than you put this thing on and I get to look around? Well, I the experience is being present in the game world. Okay. And I know that sounds simple and it sounds obvious, but it really is completely different. When you play a game like uh, Edge of Nowhere, which is that um, Insomniac game, I think. Uh, isn't it Insomniac that's making that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's um, the name of the game, but I know Insomniac's making that third person. Uh, yeah, it's called Edge of, Edge of Nowhere. Um, it, when you play that game and and it's it's a you know it's a tomb raider or uncharted style third person uh leaping over stuff and grabbing onto things but i'm in that world with that character i'm when i make he makes a dramatic leap over a chasm it feels like i'm perilously dangling from a thing with him it's it is a completely different kind of experience so than immersion at- if i'm trying to simplify what you're saying it's greater immersion Yes, but that's such a overused term that it sort of has lost meaning. You know what I mean? I, it, you're, you're present. You're there. You're inside it rather than staring at it. And 
that may sound simple, but it's profound. At least it was to me. I find it to be very profound, the experience of being immersed, being completely surrounded by the game world rather than staring at it and in my peripheral vision seeing the bag of nachos and the can of Mountain Dew. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, I mean, for me, and I did not play that Insomniac game, I mean, I think Eve Valkyrie is is the easiest thing to picture and it's awesome from what i've played of it it's it is it's awesome but i don't want 20 of those and i don't know what else i can do as i sit here in my chair at my computer in in my in my world in my life i don't i don't need i I just don't know what else i want 20 of anything though that's what i'm and i don't know what else vr current state vr where i have four cables running to my computer offers but well, we've had this conversation for two years now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay. Well, I I want we'll go back to a bold prediction. Okay. Yes, I will say uh, th- I promise all my predictions aren't about VR. We'll stop talking about VR. I know everybody gets sick of us talking about it. But this is going to be the year. I'm telling oh, no. you. Oh no! My Last of Us pitch is all. It's a VR pitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, my uh, my my big VR uh, bold prediction is that. This time next year, we're going to be talking about uh, a legit game of the year candidate that is a VR only game. Oh, you, it's a tweak on my uh, tablet yeah. phone. Yeah, it was inspired by your tablet idea. This is, I think it might be Edge of Tomorrow or Edge of uh, Nowhere. It might be. Uh, I guarantee you, a year from now, you will be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it might be, you know, it might be a game we haven't heard about yet, but I think. There will be, uh, you know, in the way that her story uh, is legitimately talking about, for you know, in the, in the way some of these other unique kinds of experiences, I think a VR experience will be in the mix. It'll be in a lot of people's top tens and maybe number one for some people. Do you call that bold or crazy? Bold. Just okay. Bold. okay. Not crazy. Yeah. Okay. Good. I have a couple of other bolds. I don't know how many you like. You I'm have. bolded out. I mean, my big bolded bolds were my, were my Nintendo things. I think those were pretty big bolds and then my VR underwhelming. I have one crazy and it's i think a big crazy all right well i have a couple of other bolds i already said skyrim remastered i think that was one of my bolds yeah um uh i do think that um because of e valkyrie and star citizen and those type of games being popular and having money behind them and kickstarter for success i think ea announces x-wing versus tie fighter be still my beating heart right I don't know if that's bad or good, though. How could they not? Because that game, I was thinking about this today. Is an all in general the idea of all time favorites are best not revisited, and we're at the era now where 2016 is the anniversary for quite a few franchises and games. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little scared. Like Crash Bandicoot is the one, and and that's an, maybe that's a bold prediction that it will get a remaster or it will get the much teased about sequel or or Battle Toads will get a proper a proper game. Mm-hmm. And and some of those games I loved Crash. I think Crash 2 is probably the best. Crash 1 is is the thing for me cuz it was like Sonic, you know, of of PlayStation. Uh but I don't know. I don't know if I I don't know if I need that or want that. And I think X-Wing versus Tie Fighter is is that exemplified in a way that like what a perfect game at the perfect time. But I don't know. Do you want do you want EA, and I say that with stank behind it. Do you want EA making that today? I mean, they did okay. They're doing okay with Star Wars games. 
Are they? You hate Battlefront. I like Battlefront, but you hate it. I don't hate it. I don't <laughs> hate it. It's very Star Wars-y. Like, can you imagine that engine is a full-on X-Men versus TIE Fighter game? I yes, think I can. I go to sleep thinking about it VR? every night. <laughs> I want it in VR. Can we have it in VR as well, please? Uh, um, that I like. Oh, oh, man. Okay. Good one? Yeah, it's a good uh, one. How about this? Um, the next Assassin's Creed game takes place in the future. Uh. <laughs> No, you don't think it's that crazy or is it, is it bold? I think that's crazy because I think half of what makes those games fun is experiencing the real world. I think part of it might, but I think half of what makes those games fun is seeing London or seeing Paris right. or see, and I don't know if future. Well, we've done London, that like forty-eight times now. They haven't. They haven't done a proper Japan. Uh, that's true. Japan uh, would be cool. Uh, Russia, feudal Japan. Although, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I think there's uh, there's plenty for them to mine there. I, I don't I don't think we go into the future. Yeah. All right. Maybe that was crazy. No, I, uh, I mean I mean I like it. I I made very few predictions so that hopefully next year I'm right and you keep making them and then I'll just. Laugh <laughs> <it>. mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're getting a Watch Dogs two, Ugh. and I think I think Watch Dogs two is the Assassin's Creed two of Watch Dogs games. Okay, you went turn me from my frown. You turned my frown right upside down. Yeah, I think I think it, Watch Dogs two is to Watch Dogs as Assassin's Creed two is to Assassin's Creed. And you don't think that's just the division. Like, it I'm, might, I'm, it might be. I'm hopeful that the division be. is that leap, that they took their knocks that they learned from Watchdog, they rolled it into the division, and the division delivers. Even if the multiplayer maybe doesn't, in, in terms of like it doesn't come together in the way that Ubisoft press demo. Brad, I'm blinking on the right side. My mom's making <laughs> stovetop at 8. Yeah. What time is yours? <laughs> right. Um, but that's interesting. I, 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 I agree that we will hear something about Watch Dogs this year. I think it's crazy to assume that it comes out in 2016 if the division hasn't launched yet. Yeah, interesting. All right, so that's our, those are all my bolds. Uh, I'm ready to go into crazy town. You ready to go into crazy town? Yeah. So I have to do a – I guess I have to do a, a – you, you can or I can. Yeah, you do You do the crazy one. Choo-choo! Next stop, crazy town. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I thought maybe you'd just do Ozzy Osbourne, you know? That would have been... down the road on a crazy town. That would have yeah. been the safer bet. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mine's a little more nightmarish. I liked it. I liked it very much. Thank you. Um, all right, crazy predictions. I don't have very many of these, uh, but um, you, if you want to start your one. I have one. Okay. Microsoft announces their next console. No! <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I that's think so. crazy. I know. I know it's crazy. crazy. I think it's announced in a way much smaller than the NX was announced, but in a similar fashion. Like somebody accidentally announces it in a bathroom somewhere. I think it's a press. uh, I'm in a press. I think it's a shareholders type thing where it's like we're working on, but further than that, it's further than we're working on, but less than. It's called the Xbox. God, what are they going to call it? Who knows? It'll be called the Xbox Infinity or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, I think. You know, I don't think they'll give it a name or code, maybe a code name, like internally. It's more than we're working on, less than da-da-da-da. And it might be, this is how I hedge my crazy bet, it might be a beefed-up Xbox One. It might be, it might be a, uh, oh, what was the plug-in thing for the N64 um, that, like, made, that made uh, Made Star Wars games run a little better and I think it was required for Conker's. I can't remember what it was called, but yeah, like the hard drive thing. Oh no, it was like a little plug-in. I'll look it up. I'll look up the name for it. But it, you know, it might be it might be that kind of thing that you know you don't need it. You can still play 
Gears 4 with, on, on your old Xbox One, but if you have the new one, it's a little shinier. It, it's 1080p. Or I don't know what the difference is. It might be that, but I think my crazy, and I, I agree it's crazy, but I think Microsoft, this is the rationale behind it, Microsoft wants to shorten this console generation. And if Nintendo is launching an NX this year, they're able to roll over with what they have with the Xbox One with some great games, but then start to get people excited for what's next. Because one thing that I think Sony did very effectively when the Dreamcast launched, which was an incredible system at the time with incredible games, is they stole a lot of that thunder by just announcing when the PS2 would come out. And I think what they kind of did is they're like, yeah, you can spend your money on a Dreamcast if you're an idiot or you can just be <laughs> smart and save your money for the PlayStation 2. That's going to change the goddamn world. Well, but the the difference being that the it wasn't they didn't already have the PlayStation 2 out. Like it oh. was time for them to have a new new generation. It's not time for the I'm saying the one thing that I think that Microsoft can do at this point to really stop PlayStation 4 sales is to say that the, the, this console generation is shorter. Don't buy into it and wait. Crazy. It That's is crazy. crazy. It is crazy. How wild would it be if Nintendo's like, we have the NX coming in 2017, and Microsoft's like, yeah, we got something too. We're, 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 we got something. I, I, I am prepared to be wrong. I mean, it is crazy for crazy's sake, but I think the justifications I just gave are smart. Mm -hmm. Smart enough. Let's hear let's hear you, Mr. Crazy Town. Come my lady. Come come my lady. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Um this is crazy. Uh, Nintendo never releases Star Fox Zero. Okay. Is it that, doesn't ever come out. Are you saying that Star Fox NX comes out reusing much of those assets? Possibly. But the game that's scheduled to be released in April now the that piece was of supposed crap to come out, that has been yeah, <laughs> it's it they literally kill it. Wow. It, it's literally not doesn't come out hmm. And, hmm. and they really just shift all the emphasis over to this new console that they're coming out with and all the new stuff that we're we're announcing about that console and take it gets delayed again from april and then in june we're, we're in e3 we're talking about new console we're talking about zelda and we're talking about maybe a metroid that maybe they're talking about maybe there's a cool f-zero thing or whatever it is maybe they're we just star fox dead that is crazy it's I, crazy i don't think nintendo will go that far but your your rationale behind it i think makes sense and i think the way they could in that it's do crap it, well it has <laughs> rationale it's, is that the game is not good and that they know it <laughs> and it's platinum co-developed correct i think uh i think it? platinum were, uh I thought it was miyamoto's darling uh, miyamoto. i'm gonna google while i talk i think miyamoto knows it's not good and he's trying he's trying to make it good and make it justify that controller. And once they move to NX, and they platinum don't games. Yep. Oh, it is platinum. They don't. They and once they don't care about that stupid screen controller being a thing anymore, then they stop caring about making Star Fox a thing. Uh, I the way I could see them doing it is they roll it over for NX or whatever they call that thing, and then they say we're delaying it again to make sure we can further utilize the NX, and then it gets one more delay and it comes out as a vastly different game but um that's interesting that's crazy that, that's not yeah. as crazy as mine but it's crazy <laughs> yes yeah, definitely not as crazy as yours because nintendo's uh, nintendo's stealth released um or not stealth release but they've sent out to die some crappy nintendo published games before it's not as if they don't do that but it wasn't none of them has been like a miyamoto joint yeah right you yeah. know it's like his i think that guy knows when it's 
garbage. So you're calling it Star Fox Two? Uh, yeah. Never saw it. Not for being garbage, but just for yeah, just for never happen. appearing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I hate to be so negative. Uh, I, I will say my other crazy prediction. This is crazy, and it kind of picks up on a prediction that I made last year that didn't come true. But I'm going to make it again and be more specific this time. Okay. And it's going to have to do with VR. So suck it. Uh. Portal Three, VR game. Portal Three exclusively. Vive VR. So the Nintendo 64 expansion pack was called just that, an expansion pack. And okay. exclusive... You it, Before you said exclusively, I was just like, the only thing crazy about that is that Valve still makes games. Um, <laughs> but uh, exclusively yeah, it's the, Vive it's VR? It's the Vive, like... It's the Vive, like, launch. Not, maybe not even... It's not at launch, but it's more like the the way Vive is marketed i'll it's, give it a vive well, pack-in and a vive exclusivity window but to say it's exclusive to the vive that's that's crazier than mine that's cr- that's crazy because <laughs> there's what there's no you reason think that, there's no for, reason to have a game be exclusive to vr because there's nothing that you yeah. can do in vr you can't do outside of it all right maybe exclusive is a little too crazy but i think that portal 3 as a vr game makes just too much sense not to be a real thing well, I like the way you dialed. You, you went crazy in one aspect, but the of course the crazy fan theory is Half Life Three is a yeah. That's not nobody <laughs> nobody believes that. Um, <laughs> but I think Portal Three is is big enough is big enough sort of from a stature standpoint, but small enough from a man. it makes sense in VR standpoint. Like it's a it's a a game where you play in bite sized chunks, right? You you play in uh, sessions or whatever those those levels are are bite yeah. size basically yeah. it's a it's it's a game about looking around and figuring stuff out slowly and shooting things and going through moving through space it it just it it's begging for vr it'd be it'd be beautiful it it this idea of exclusive vr games which i know playstation has already announced those too though i think is another reason why the platform will underwhelm this year though just because when you have a new thing coming out to have it be fragmented in terms of I'm thinking like crap portal two and portal one are one of my favorite games of all time like just in, and the co-op in portal two yeah, mine too is amazing it's so i'm perfect. thinking i don't want to buy a vibe just for that i'd rather have an oculus that from what i know about these things right it seems like that gets the support and i think that's the thing that sucks it's like if quote-unquote video games launched totally fragmented Ugh, that that hurts my heart that hurts my heart to know that we're going into this, but I guess it makes me happy because it makes my prediction right. We're going into this cool new frontier in a way that if I want to play Crytek's game, I got to get a PlayStation. If I want to have Eve optimized for whatever, it's on Oculus. If I want to play your supposed Portal 3, doesn't that suck? I mean, it, Do you it hope sucks you're if, wrong? It sucks for you. <laughs> you <laughs> Who you're doesn't? telling me, are you going to buy it? What are you going to buy? For VR? Mm-hmm. Well, other... first, I'm going to buy whatever comes out first. That's really? For sure. for sure. Oh, definitely. So you're buying a PlayStation VR? You'd buy that? That's not coming out first. If it comes out first, you'd buy that? Yeah. Wow. Sure. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I I'm, I might end up having all three of them, which wow. is stupid on every level, but I, Interesting. I can't help myself. Huh. Um, okay. And if they do exclusives like that, then I might be screwed. Uh, I, you know, I, I want, I want to have that experience as soon as possible. So I'm I'm very excited about whichever one hits the market first. 
Wow. Yeah. I'm not going to wait. With, if Oculus is available, I'm not going to wait for Vive or vice versa. Are you going to pre-order when a pre-order becomes available? Or are you going to yes. wait for reviews? I'm going to pre-order. Wow. Dude, I, you, you know I'm, I have drunk the Kool-Aid on this so hard. I, I, am, I have every experience that I've had in VR has been really cool. I and cannot, I haven't had the nausea. So. I cannot wait. Well, you've had, the, <laughs> you've had something else. You have the full-on sickness. Uh, the nausea <laughs> yeah. kicks in later after the disappointment. I am totally coming over to your house, to, and the first time when you own a consumer, not cardboard or you know Gear VR, like real, like the chunky waste of money <laughs> uh, yeah. VR headset, when I come over to play it for the first time, please, dear God, please, when I come over, will you have somehow a case of games for me to choose from, and then you tell me while you put on the VR to pick a game? You're good at all of them as you slide the VR headset onto your head. <laughs> my other my other crazy prediction is that Christian Spicer owns a VR headset by the end of 2016. I look forward to that birthday or Christmas gift from you, Jeff and <laughs> How far will I go to be right with a crazy prediction? <laughs> um, uh, I'm not saying I won't buy one, but I'm not looking forward to it, if that makes sense. I mean, I bought a new 3DS. You know, I, I, I own a Vita. I own two PS4s. I own a Wii U. I, you know, I don't own Rock Band 4 yet, but we do this because I know I come across often as more cynical than you on this show. But ultimately, we do this because we love it, and that yeah, includes absolutely. questionable purchasing decisions. <laughs> oh, almost, almost, almost definitely foolhardy pur- I have, purchasing decisions. I have an Elite controller, Jeff. Oh, I saw you buy that, and I was <laughs> jealous. How is it? Are you liking it? It's incredible. Is it really that good? It's so good. I have the in-between nubs on, not the longest, not the shortest, the in-between nubs. And I have the hair triggers turned on and uh, I have, I'm adapting to the paddles and it's amazing, but it's so dumb, Jeff. Yeah. Don't tell my wife. My problem, my problem, Christian, is that I don't, I don't spend money on anything else. So literally like I buy food and that's it. And, and, and then video game stuff and board game stuff. So I, and Lego stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I guess a little of that. <laughs> and um, comic book stuff, and movie ticket stuff, yeah, and clothes stuff, and vacations to Italy with your wife stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we I buy didn't... stupid stuff. I totally, totally, yeah. totally agree. We buy stupid stuff as part I'm of this. Trying to make love. myself feel less bad, man. And you're not helping. <laughs> well, I love you, buddy. Uh, thank you. I love you too. Uh, there is uh, a great thread here. Uh, if you want to read the rest of what yeah. people have predicted, there's a lot of really fun stuff. Uh, Ranch Lizard said that Apple's going to buy Nintendo. So there's, you know, there's all kinds of crazy talk in, uh, <laughs> which is never happening. Um, in uh, this thread. So I encourage you to check it out. Uh, five by five DLC dot Uh, and it's, uh, your 2016 predictions so check that out and add your own read Talk mr cute stories uh it's long to read in here but it's interesting and i don't want to simplify it but uh mr cute story he has a, an interesting kickstarter idea about um becoming more robust and comprehensive in terms of culpability for creators uh that was one of my faves so i wanted to call yeah. that out also uh christian gave away a bunch of codes uh in there a while back so if you're not visiting that you didn't know about that and I might have codes to give away too uh, for little fun stuff. So nice. Uh, check check that regularly. Um, okay, so uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. We do have a fun little story time coming up, but uh, before we get to that, Christian, uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can keep up with you and what you got going on right now? At Spicer on Twitter is the best way to get in touch with me. Um, we will be at Pack South on Friday, January twenty ninth. 
Um, yeah, I should really be saying that at the beginning of the show every week uh, leading up to that. Yes, very yep. much so. The Falcon Theater, I believe 12.30 p.m. I will be doing two stand-up shows that night um, in San Antonio as well. And then it looks like uh, I'm actually going to be doing spots in Austin on that Saturday night as well. Cool. Um, so if you're in Austin and you're not making it out to Pack South, you can look for me there. I don't have the exact details yet. But then it has also just been confirmed that the weekend after that, uh, February 4th through 6th, I will be in Chapel Hill at the North Carolina Arts Comedy Festival um, at DSI Comedy Theater. I'll be doing a bunch of stand-up and bringing improv versus stand-up there. So if you're in the Triangle area, if anyone at Boss Key is listening to this um, and you guys want to come out to shows, please do. If you want to invite me over to come check out Lawbreakers, I'd love to. <laughs> after, after we pointedly left their game out of the games we're most excited about for 2016. It wasn't a pointedly leave-out. I, I will say this now. I am always cautious about these free-to-play. I didn't mention Overwatch, which I know isn't free-to-play. This is a crowded space. I think this is going to be a big story of 2016, is, is yeah. who emerges victorious from this first-person shooter uh, yeah. field. But There's I'd a love, bunch of them. If you, want to yeah. come, if you want me to come, I'd love to. Anyway, that's uh, the first weekend in February. I will be in North Carolina. Uh, so uh, come to show. Oh, my other bold prediction um uh, it's uh it's coming together i'm hoping my I, I can get my next album out this year we'll see oh yeah I, I i meant to congratulate you that was one of the big things of last year is that at, you know in that episode you said i hope to get my first album out you did it was awesome i loved it and uh, many of our listeners enjoyed it as well uh if you haven't already become one of those listeners that enjoyed it you should check it out it's really funny yeah thanks man moment in time it very much captures that just a moment in time uh thanks dude yeah yeah, man, I'm excited for you to do the second one. Um, as far as uh, me, uh, you, you, uh, this week I will be at CES, uh, nice. which I don't know whether to be excited about or scared of. Uh, it's my first. I want that VW microbus, man. I'll see if I can get one. I'll see if I can <laughs> bring one home in my carry-on luggage. Um, I, uh, I've never been to CES. It'll be my first one. I've obviously followed it from afar often, but this will be my first attending of CES. So... Uh, I'm I'm scared, <laughs> as everyone has made it clear to me that it is uh, massive and overwhelming. But uh, it should be fun. I'll be covering it for um, for CNET and the show that I do there called Tomorrow Daily. We're going to be doing live ones uh, all week, so check that out at tomorrowdaily.com. Um, hear us talking about all the fun stuff, and we have really awesome guests lined up. Really, really cool uh, guests. I Justine and a bunch of people. Uh, so check that out. And also, uh, we have concerns is going strong. Um, Twenty minutes. Comedy and science uh, three times a week. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. And also the Slash Filmcast. We just did our uh, top 10 movies of 2015, uh, which was a really fun spirited show. And we and then we followed that up with a dedicated special episode about making a murderer, which if you haven't watched on Netflix, I highly recommend. Check that out. Um, all right, Christian, let's get to this. I'm really excited to read it. Uh, this is your pitch. It's a, a story pitch for how I could see an opening for Last of Us 2 going, a, a vignette. Like I said, I don't think there are any hard spoilers for The Last of Us. Something is vaguely hinted to. If you have played and completed The Last of Us, it'll make more sense. Um, and Jeff is going to read it, and hopefully you guys, uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. So if you have your earphones in, maybe close your eyes. Put on your VR. <laughs> allow me to, to create virtual virtual reality deep in the woods a smoldering campfire pierces the darkness as dawn begins to break crack 
The sound of a large branch breaking shatters the calm. Joel startles awake. He listens. Nothing. He stands, stretches, and places a new piece of wood on the fire before glancing down lovingly at a sleeping Ellie. Ellie's narration begins. We both agreed to never talk about that day again. In a sparse hospital room, where the equipment is clean but the tools are far from the most modern, Ellie remembers being on an operating table with two doctors at her side. She knows she slid in and out of consciousness. She knows Joel rushed in. She saw him right before her eyes closed, right before the sedative took control. Bang! Bang! Two gunshots rang out. Or did they? Ellie can't be sure. Ellie's narration continues. We agreed. It's understood to not talk about that day. It was never said, but it's understood. Back in the woods, another stick snaps. Ellie jolts awake. Another snap. Another. This time closer. Without so much as a word, Ellie snatches her backpack and bow and arrow while Joel grabs his bag. They move quickly away from the sounds and through the woods. Silently. Efficiently. They've been in situations like this before. Ellie's narration continues. Some things don't need to be said, but that doesn't mean I don't think about it. Ellie cuts left around a large tree, and Joel cuts right. They both emerge from the woods and enter a field facing a deserted building. They rest for a moment, listening, waiting. Joel's hushed voice interrupts. You okay? Fine, Ellie replies dryly. Joel surveys the b building. Let's see if we can hold up here. We'll need to move quick, be precise, Joel tells her. I know, Ellie replies coldly. She moves toward the building as Joel watches, alone. Ellie's narration continues. The thing is, we have more important things to worry about right now. She ducks through an opening in a chain-link fence and moves even closer to the building, a giant brick behemoth that likely employed hundreds of people a lifetime ago. Joel checks his weapon and follows Ellie. Ellie's narration continues. There is always something more important to worry about. Always move forward. Never look back. You look back, you die. A lone clicker emerges from the woods behind Joel and Ellie as they advance to one of the building's side doors. Joel draws his gun, and Ellie readies a bottle. Ellie's narration continues. But just because you don't talk about something doesn't mean everything is the same. Joel turns to Ellie, one hand on the building door. Do you trust me? He asks. Completely, Ellie replies. Ellie's narration concludes. He lied. I lied. So now we keep moving, never looking back. Joel kicks the door open, and Ellie lobs her bottle into the vast room. It shatters to pieces on the floor as we smash to black, and the title appears, The Last of Us. Don't look back. That was great. Yeah, man. Awesome. It sounds awesome. That was great. Thanks for I reading that, it. buddy. Yeah, thanks for writing it. Dude, That it's a great setup, right? It's a great, like, there's a secret, and we have to, now there's trust issues, right? And we can't be honest to each other. Oh, so good. How do you 
put the life your life in someone's hand that you don't completely trust. Oh man, is is the is the pull right? Right. Awesome. Love it. Thanks, dude. 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 Um. Let's make this. How do we make it? Oh wait, we're not Naughty Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No. But uh, I'm also have I told it doesn't matter. There's other other stuff that I wrote. We'll be teasing things out here and there. Um. But cool. yeah, I really appreciate it. And thanks for everyone. Uh, for your feedback for Halo 5 and or the Halo pitch and blah, 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 blah. Here's to a fantastic 2016 and a great another great year of shows, dude. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, I uh, I am so grateful to you and, and everything that you do and being here every week with me and, and, you know, fighting with me and laughing with me and all that stuff. It's it's such a blast doing the show with you, man. I, I appreciate it. Likewise. All right, guys, uh, stick with us. Uh, next week, we'll be back with a cool guest again. It'll be a regular episode with uh, Story of the Week and uh, all of the playlists and everything we normally do. So check us back then. Until that time, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. 